0: As we work with people, souls, leaders, uh, and companies and brands and teams, we implement an architecture for success that, as you said, is flexible, that is inspiring, and that reduces the possibilities for uh, failure or getting out of something so easily.
1: Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an amazing guest to share with you today. Her name is Isabel Mercier, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Leap Zone Strategies. She's one of the most inspirational branding, marketing, and customer experience keynote speakers in the universe. Isabel is a no-nonsense dynamo Born to catapult passionate entrepreneurs and thought leaders to build businesses and brands designed to make life better. As one of North America's top business influencers, best-selling author, and two-time TEDx speaker with over 3 million views, as well as being a TV show host, Isabel brings 30 years of branding, marketing, and customer experience expertise. She's helped thousands of business owners, thought leaders, and some of the most influential and iconic brands like A&W, Roby's Footwear, IMAX Corporation, and HSBC, to name a few. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. There's so many great things we're gonna talk about. Isabel, welcome to the Daily Helping. It is awesome, awesome to have you with us today.
0: Thank you for your amazing energy, Dr. Richard. It is a pleasure for me to be here truly.
1: Absolutely. There's you know we've been talking a little bit before we hit the record button so there's so many things i'm excited to talk to you about but before we do i want to i want to go back in time let's let's jump in the delorean and go back to where it all began for you so tell us isabel what put you on the path you're on today
0: yeah you know i was born in a a family of entrepreneurs. My dad was in advertising. My mom was in uh, hair hairdresser. So we had a hairdresser salon at home. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, my mom was gung ho about surprising and delighting and uh, being uh, making life better for her clients. And I started working with her at her salon. Uh, truly, I started being a, a witness. To her clients in my diapers. I was very young and and literally spending a lot of time with her at the salon. But early on in like five, six, seven years old, my mom would say, uh, you know, after kindergarten, come, come back home, come and spend time with my clients. And how are you going to make life better today, Isabel? Who are you going to make life better for today? And and it, it was always about better serving, being of, of, assistance, being of help, and how to literally surprise and delight at all times. So that put me on the path of um, really understanding customer service and what it takes to um, be seen and recognized as an impactful person, but also an impactful business. So the first, the best, or the only. So I had a lot of a lot of amazing times connecting with my mom's clients and and my mom through that, of course. And as we were talking about just a few minutes ago, my uh, around the positioning because I'm a I, I position products, services, genius people, brands for a living. And uh, my mom started having me understand the power of words, the power of. How to, how to position something, how to explain something in order to get a positive outcome for all involved. So you know how as you're as a kid, sometimes you want something or you don't want to do something anymore. For me, I had to position everything to my parents. I had to come out with my, my board and my pens and I had to literally talk about if I wanted something, I had to talk about the pros and the cons and then I had to talk about what are the trade-offs what are the trade-offs for me, for them? And then I have to talk about what's the cost for them to say yes, because there's always a cost for saying yes, but there or a risk, a risk for saying yes, and there's always a cost for saying no. So early on, I was able, if I heard my parents say, hmm, interesting, we'll think about it, or we'll see. I knew that I hadn't done a, a good job at positioning what I wanted, and making it, most importantly, a win win win. If it was too win uh too heavily weighted winning on my side, um right away they were like that is not a win isabel. Everybody has to win in this equation. So this is a little bit of what got me really interested and passionate about how we position something can actually make something fly and do well or actually hurt. Uh, in in the process right
1: now how old were you when when you were doing these presentations
0: like honestly I started probably at five
1: wow that's so wild yeah and they made you your parents are like nope. you've got you you have to give us the presentation you you know you put your
0: to to a point where at some at some point I wanted to get rid of two sports to just do one but that one sport um was actually more expensive and more time-consuming than the other two put together. So I have to think about, so I know this is going to be more expensive. So I've already answered that. So answering objections, I knew the objections they would have. And I was able to start addressing those objections before they brought them up. So I'd say, I understand that this is more expensive. I'm willing to babysit. This was not at five years old, but this was nine and above. I want to babysit. I've got three new babysitting clients. I will be able to pay the difference. So you won't see the difference money wise. So basically, my job is to, and as a kid, was to position something so that the people that I'm positioning it to, it makes it irresistible. It would be like, it would be, a, they'd be fools to not say yes to me, for example. Right. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I love this. And so, this obviously was ingrained in you at a very young age and guided you. And so now you're one of the most respected people in the world who are helping people position and shine a light on their awesomeness. So if you're listening to this and whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in a job you love, you don't love, like there's, there's a lot of wisdom that Isabel has for you. And so I know one of the things you're passionate about is helping people live their most impactful, meaningful lives. And so you've worked with a lot of very high level people with this. What are some of the kind of the the key things that you would push people towards, towards moving to live their most authentic and successful lives?
0: Well, you know, it, 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 first and foremost, it's about really understanding, uncovering what, um, what they really stand, what people really stand for, you know, and and what they're really on this beautiful planet of ours for. And so really be understanding of what you stand for, how you're making life better, how differently you want to approach a subject that might be similar to a thousand other people, how you want to approach this differently, right? And and really, after that, once you're, you've uncovered that and you know what that is, and there's a process to get to that, then it's about owning it. Because as you know, owning some, knowing something and owning it truly and living it are two different things.
1: Talk to us so, about those distinctions.
0: Yeah. You know, you might, for example, um, knowing that I'm a catalyst for change and a catalyst for growth is one thing. Owning it means that I have to be audacious to say the things that are unpopular in order to uh, create the transformation or the results that is wanting to be created, wanting to come out. Um, I have to be owning it in the sense that I have to treat myself as I would an ideal client. See, we're very good in life at helping others. And there are times where Owning your genius also means owning what you need to be and stay at your best, um, what you need to be able to actually deliver the way you want to deliver. So knowing it is one thing, then adjusting, elevating and transforming, transforming, transforming yourself. I'm inventing words here. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You. <laughs> To really be able to deliver of, on that and to actually walk your talk is a completely, uh, completely different thing, right? So you gotta, you gotta know it, you gotta own it, and then you have to have parameters, guidelines, rituals to live it every single day. And the same is true, uh, Dr. Richard, for brands. You know, when we create brand culture and we create brand ingredients. A team has to know what they are. They have to understand what they are. And then they have to take every single one of them and live them every day. You know, if your mission is to leave people feeling on fire and unstoppable, then the way you write emails ma- matters. The way you answer the phone matters. The way you uh, you uh, communicate with people matters. The way you deliver your genius actually has to align with that. So it's about knowing, owning, and then crafting an architecture to allow you to actually deliver that and to live that by design not necessarily by default right it's easy to fairly easy to live by default you just do 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 but when you're truly in in connection and in alignment with who you are and what you do and what your badassery is nurturing that by making Difficult decisions, brave decisions, brave conversations to actually be by design with all of that. Oh, that's a that's another another Oprah show, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, Dr. Richard here for the past seven years. I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. Well, there's a couple. We're, we're having fun with words for sure today, Isabel. And there's a couple that I picked up on. One, badassery. So yeah. I love this. But you said something earlier that I want to take a deeper dive into. You talk about having the audaciousness mm. to to say things that are unpopular.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I want to talk about the importance, as you see it, about audacity.
0: You know, um, It takes guts to say what needs to be said versus what wants to be heard. It takes guts. It takes audacity to walk that line, you know, and in my line of work, I'm hired to say it like it is, and I'm a no bullshit, no filter kind of person. So um, I do say it like it is. And uh, I've been, uh, I've been compared to uh, (laughs) Simon Cowell, which a lot of people would not take as a compliment, but I do because... He certainly knows how to spot and catapult talent forward. I'm just, I'm just more fashionable and uh, friendlier than he is. But, <laughs> but it's audacity, I have a lesson fairly on around audacity. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm dyslexic or I experienced dyslexia in my life. And um, when I was younger, probably in my high school, late high school, Uh, We had a 30-page paper to write about audacity. And as a dyslexic human being, I thought, well, first of all, who who wants to talk about that for 30 pages? Like, I don't want to have to write 30 pages for audacity. Anyway, so I decided we had a couple of weeks to deliver that. And um, I decided that this is what I was going to do. I was going to demonstrate audacity as opposed to talk about it. So I took 30 pages of paper, I numbered them all, I wrote a cover that says audacity is dot, 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 I handed off 30 blank pages with a cover page at the end that says dot, 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 this, this is what audacity is to me. And so I thought I might fail this whole semester, I'm handing out a a document that has no writing in it. I did not know that this was worth the entire semester. So when I learned that the day before, I thought, oh, oh, no, I'm about to fail my semester. So I went to my mom and I said, mom, I think I screwed up. Uh, I want you to know that I might have screwed up my whole year as a result of this move here. And I, I explained what I did to my mom. Uh, yeah, I've explained to my mom what I did. And she said to me, is there anything else you can do about that right now? I said, I don't think so. It's not like I can write a 30-page paper in an evening. I can't even do it in two weeks. Now I can, but then I couldn't. Anyway, she says, you got to commit. What do you got to do? You got to commit. She said, if you were diving 30 feet from the ground right now, you would you made a decision to dive this way. You can't uncommit to that and and fall flat. So you got to commit and you got to come up with reasons, good positioning reasons as to why you did this. So what that taught me, I did pass my semester. Um, He did have me sweat, though, I have to say. He had me sweat like crazy. I had to actually pitch my idea to the whole class. Um, But it taught me that when you wholeheartedly believe in something and you fully commit, even if it's unpopular, often what is unpopular is what creates most change. So, But a lot of people have great ideas, and they're afraid to commit and to fully go through the ups and downs and the unpopular and brave conversations that it will require in order to move through. So, I do think that entrepreneurship or not, being auda- it takes being audacious to be fully yourself, to own your badassery, and to be unapologetic about what you believe. Again, I prefer to help. Uh, people in myself and and communities that are helpful and that want to make life better versus utilizing this badassery, not for good, obviously, right? Yeah. So
1: I I love this because I think audacity is something we don't really talk about. Yeah. In terms of you know a growth area. So if somebody's listening to this and they said, "Well, that's easy for you to say, Isabella, you're a ball of energy," and you know, huh. what if somebody you know, it, it considers themselves to be pretty introverted, quiet, doesn't rock the boat. How does somebody who's less boisterous, less yeah. vocal express yeah. themselves in that way?
0: You know, it's the I, I'm I'm so happy that you're that you had the intuition to move forward with this here because my partner, Margarita, I've been uh, in a relationship, both business and personal with Margarita, my wife, uh, for 31 years now. She is very introvert, introverted. She is quiet yet extremely potent and powerful through being audacious. Her way of communicating isn't like mine. Her way of leading isn't like mine. Um, she's highly intuitive. And let me tell you, the audacity that she's had to grow to actually be able to just say what she means in a very simple manner for her to actually open her mouth. When I met her, the the difference, the 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 yeah, the difference between the two of us were it was tremendous. And of course, we've been thirty one years together, so I have um, we've met in the middle. This is my middle, <laughs> but. Um, let me tell you. When Margarita says something, she's got guts. She's got courage, and she—by the way, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the the ability to move through it. Right? Um, out of the two of us, we did a TED Talk together, and I had done a TED Talk before. Margarita was the cool, calm, and collected. I was the <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm dying. Um, but truly, it's about. Tapping into who you are, what you believe in, and finding your own way of being audacious. For some people, being audacious is going through a massive roller coaster and while doing cartwheels. For other people, it's simply finding the courage to say what they want to say in this particular moment and say it in a way that's in alignment with them, right? So, And a lot of people think that I've got a lot of balls and audacious, but this is, yes, And I work at this every day. There are plenty of times that I'm sitting in a meeting going, I really need and want to say this. Don't know how. This might get me fired. This might get me. And even if I am extrovert and even if I am gutsy, there's still moments that I fail at aligning my actions with what I really want in the gutsiness or audacity uh
1: wait you know Isabel thank you for describing that in that way because i think it's analogous to you know meditation many people think meditation is just sitting on a pillow for 40 minutes and and you know saying a mantra whereas for some people meditating can be gardening meditating can be running meditating ah. can be different things so i love the way that you took a key concept of audacity but you you really translate it to a, a representation of one's values and personality characteristics. Yeah, Fantastic. absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit. So you you had talked about, you know, in the spirit of, you know, doing this, being bold, exp- enhancing your badassery, putting things in your life that allow that badassery to grow, right? Like getting rid of things you don't like. Um but then you also you you said it just as a, as a, and I and I purposefully left it there. You talked about architecting Mm-hmm. this so if if we're still here with you and we're not in an agreement how do we go about building this life how do we go about taking our values the things we alignment becoming audacious and building this into a life upon which we can help people generate revenue and just it's like you said win 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 all around
0: yeah yeah you know there's personally there's As I said earlier, I think I mentioned, you need to do things on a regular basis, add add those things in your architecture that helps you be and stay at your best, right? Daily rituals, very important. Um, I know for a fact that for me to be at my best and do the things we just said, I do need to first spend time with myself in the morning, right? So that's part of my architecture. So I'm going to give a few examples here, and then it's about figuring out what your architecture would be in order to um, help you be and stay at your best. So my architecture, in order for me to be at my best, I need to spend time with myself in the morning in quietude, right? Um, I need to journal. I need to learn. The more I learn, the more I want to implement the more I want to share, the more I feel like I'm making a difference. So for me, learning is not just a wish, it's part of my architecture. So when I go to the gym and I do um how do what do you call that? Rowing. Uh yeah. <laughs> and when I do rowing, uh, then I will listen to an ebook. I will learn as I do certain things that allow me time for or that that I've created time for learning. So really understanding. Uh, We were talking to a a client the other day. Um, He knows that in order for him to reduce stress and be at his best, he needs to spend an hour in the morning and an hour at night on his own doing a beautiful walk in nature. He stopped because what happens is we get busy. And then when we get busy, what happens is we stop doing the very things that help us be and stay at our best. So eventually he went to the dentist and the dentist recommended a, a guard for sleeping at night because he's grinding and meanwhile, none of these things are necessary. If he had kept in his architecture, walking in the morning and walking at night. So sometimes you just need to really realize what are those things that light up your soul that actually give you the energy that you need to be badass, Right. And so we talk about architecture at Zone because we don't want this to be, we don't want the rituals, whether it's marketing, positioning, or personal growth rituals and personal habits, we don't want those things to just be on a whim or, and I'm not talking that we're not flexible. Flexibility is definitely a part of it. But if I had to wonder every day, do I go to the gym today? Do I do this today? No, it's too easy for a human being to get out of that architecture. So creating a, an architecture, a ritual, a ritual that includes flexibility, but that gets you to just do the thing and keep on doing the things that get you at your best. An example of that is every eighth week at zone it's a week where there is no appointment, no client stuff, just us, creatively working and innovatively working on our own business. That's part of an architecture. It's pre booked in our calendar. It's organized forever and ever. Does it matter? Does it mean that we can't change that? No, we can. If that week no longer works because I have speaking engagements in Ottawa that week, well, I'm going to change it. But it's there and I don't have to worry about forgetting about it or possibly not doing it. So creating an architecture for success is absolutely key in every part of uh, of one's life in my opinion.
1: Yeah, so I'm hearing a couple of key things. I'm hearing intentionality. I'm hearing flexibility. But I'm also hearing and I think this was the this is a really big one is limiting opportunities to fail, right? It's like if you're trying to lose weight and you have bags of potato chips in the house, right next to fruit. You might grab the chips if the chips aren't there to begin with. You have no choice but but to eat the fruit. So I, I love that. I think that's critical.
0: Yeah, and I'm you're very you're very good at getting the essence of something because it is it is, and that's what I call by design. Do you know how many people do things because? Others have always done it. They've always done it that way. It's always been this way. They don't like it, but it's just, I call it mechanical arm. You know, like if I go at a party and there's a food, a, a table full of food, I cannot be near it because I have a mechanical arm, right? <laughs> so a lot of things can be mechanical arm in a life. And eventually that dims a bulb, that dims bulb instead of lighting you up and leaving you on fire. So reduce organizing and reducing the ways with which it can be just by automation. Just asking, is this, is this something that I want? Is this really effective? Do we really need this? Is this working? As opposed to it's always how it's been. And when I work with brands, brands, I've never met a brand that doesn't want to differentiate themselves, but they want to differentiate, differentiate themselves. They want to be different and unique. Yet they all, the, the phrase that I hear more often is, yeah, but in our industry, it's not how it works. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you can't do the same as everybody and differentiate yourself at the same time. So to me, living by design, the design that is suiting suiting for you in this moment, you in a year is a different you, right? You in a year will have to be redesigning a new or an elevated architecture. But as we work with people, souls, leaders, Uh, and companies and brands and teams, we implement an architecture for success that, as you said, is flexible, that is inspiring, and that reduces the possibilities for uh, failure or getting out of something so easily.
1: I love it. Isabel, this has been such a delight talking to you today. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests, what is your Biggest helping, Isabel, that one most important takeaway you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today?
0: You know, I think it might be um, to treat yourself like you would a really important million-dollar client, for example. You know, to really look at all the things that you are and you do for others. And even if you took 10% of that, and did that for yourself? It, I'm sure it would be an improvement. So one of the principles as at Leap Zone Strategies is be and stay your own very best client. And I think that that uh, I think that that would uh, wrap this up. I think quite well.
1: Isabel, tell us where people can learn more about you online.
0: Uh, LeapZoneStrategies.com. And within that website, there's a Leap TV. There's Leap Tools. There's a lot of free tutorials and tools for uh, entrepreneurs and business owners. I also have on that site, two TED Talks that are uh, under the TED Talk uh, menu on the website. And of course, I'm all all major social media platforms.
1: Perfect. And we'll have everything Isabel Mercier in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. Well, Isabel, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. This was awesome.
0: It was great. And I would welcome the opportunity to converse with you and your community again.
1: I think we'll have to set that up. So this was to be continued for sure. Thank you again, Isabel. And thank you to each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to our conversation. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else. Even if you don't know who they are and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.